listen to Dr. Vikram Kamath and Chef Varun Namdar's upbeat and gung-ho views on the gig economy, while Hina Srivastava takes a more cautious approach down the same road. Now I'd like to invite our panelists to give us a small brief on their take on the um, gig economy. I'll start with um, Hina. So Hina is, uh, has worked with uh, international brands and also right now in Sri Lanka. So Hina, if you could give us your take on the gig economy from the perspective of uh, us Indians going international as gig workers. I'll take about uh, three or four minutes and we'll quickly sure. share my thoughts. Now, uh, everybody who's on board, I presume, knows what a gig economy is. Simply put, it's an open market between buyers and sellers. I'm a buyer, you're a seller, we set a rate, we set a time, we trade. Now, something people don't, or something people misunderstand that it's very highly technically driven, which is not the case internationally. It's very technically influenced. Uh, that's simply because oh, everybody who's driving the gig economy is very much a transaction-based uh, platform. So it's your Amazons, your Airbnbs, your Ubers, and they're all transactional platforms. Uh, over time, world over, there's been a change in the millennial mind shift. If you look at what our parents traditionally did, uh, they worked secure hours, they worked secure jobs, whether it was governmental jobs in the public sector or private jobs. Today's uh, generation is really, uh, you know, their, their mindset has changed. They don't want to be this always available worker. They want to have a pre-planned experience and they want to have a choice of choosing what it is. When you look at internationally how that works, it makes it easier. So for example, for, for our company, for Turnkey Hospitality Pioneers, we are based, our projects are based across international markets. It becomes nearly impossible, especially with the current pandemic that's been going ongoing since last year. It's nearly impossible for us to have fixed costs all across the world in different pockets. So gig economy for us works really well because it's cost effective for me as an employer. I'm getting talented, skilled labor willingly. I'm not forcing them to come and work for me. They are coming willingly and wanting to do the project. So there's a lot of self-accountability that comes in. Uh, some of the other things that really attract gig economy, uh, there is an openness in the currency you can choose to pay them or the, the, you know, there's an openness in the type of currency that I want to earn. So if I'm a gig worker, I'm not geographically restricted to a certain zone within India that this is where I have to work and I have to buy my currency or get paid in Indian rupees only. You know, technology has advanced to a point where you are absolutely able to fly across and get paid, whether it's in euros, whether it's in dollars, whether it's in pounds, or even the Chinese money these days. So that's one of, those, one of the huge advantages of having gig economy or gig workers across the world. You can sit wherever you are, be talented and skilled, and still be efficient and reward yourself for the skills that you've gained in the early years. Now, these are some of the good things and very attractive. When you look at the package, this is extremely attractive. Something that people don't necessarily realize, and they should be quite mindful about this, is also that gig economy does not give you a stable financial plan. It does not 
levy a financial system where you've got provident funds taken care of, you've got your old age, uh, you know, social security taken care of, or the company is taking care of your insurances and medical expenses. So as much as you earn in a gig economy, your spends are, you know, your, your spends pretty much nullify it if you don't know how to save it right or if you don't know how to invest it right. So, and something in the hospitality industry pertaining specifically is that we, gig economy works quite well in hospitality in certain sectors. So what, what we could look at is outsourcing or using gig workers for uh, things like finance, things like human resource, things like revenue management, because they can, they are ba they're cluster based and they have uh, a paradigm that's pretty common across. But you cannot have a 100% uh, dependent hospitality gig economy because you can't guarantee any service consistency. You know, you can't have a new waiter coming in every day or a new housekeeper changing shifts every time. So when you think about these things, it becomes selective on what you can use. As far as India is concerned, I think we have always been in the gig economy for a while. I mean, India has 500 million people who are in, uh, you know, in the supply chain where, you, where they can supply themselves as a workforce. And strangely, gig economy, up until the report last year, mid last year, uh, there are just about three and a half million people who are actually gig workers in India. So you can imagine the disparity between the scope that's available for people to get into becoming a gig worker, bearing in mind that you chalk the right path for being a gig worker. You can't randomly just end up being one. But as far as India is concerned, we are probably looking at growing about, one of the reports I read recently says that we are looking at growing in the next three years about 17% in terms of gig economy. So it's going to be a variable jump, a reasonably good jump that happens. And the pandemic has actually made sure that we focus. You know, this is, an, this is a time uh, that's brought in a lot of stalemates for a lot of people. You, you know, there's a saying, uh, you know, the pain, if you can't cure the pain, you need to endure it. So if you have to endure it, be opportunistic about it and uh, sell, your, sell your skills. The market is open. There are buyers Very like true. that. Very true. Very true. Thank so, you, Dabur. Yeah. So I've taken some notes, which I'll come back to uh, Hina. I'd like uh, Vikram to come in now and give us his take on the gig economy. But from the owner perspective, that means he runs several hotels. He is helping others as a consultant to run their hotels and advising people either on a friendly or paid basis. I know he does that. So, uh, Vikram, what would your take be uh, from the hotel perspective or a restaurant perspective? And how could they, let's say, you know, lower maybe their, uh, uh, their fixed costs of expenses and move it maybe to a variable cost? Is it practical? Uh, what are the challenges that they would face in a nutshell? So, I'm, uh, I, I'll take the last part of it. In a nutshell. So, I'll be a little bit brief and terse. Uh, I think there's a huge opportunity uh, when it comes to the gig economy, obviously, I think uh, here I a little bit disagree with Hina. I think there's opportunity in all aspects, um, in all departments also, right? From housekeeping to service to front office. Because today, especially with fluctuating occupancies and uh, with the kind of things we're seeing, for example, in banquets today, more than 50 people banquet is not allowed. Or certain type of functions only in outdoor lawns are allowed. 
so because of this change in the entire scenario no hotel or restaurant wants to incur any kind of fixed cost and this is where stewards kitchen staff housekeeping staff who may be looking for temporary employment uh, and even the hotel is looking for somebody who a temporary employment either a assignment based like for a particular day or let's say during a particular wedding for three days so this opportunity can be there which uh, these team members can also take advantage of and as hina rightly said they can encash their skills they may already be a skilled worker a good housekeeping person a good service person or even a marketing professional today uh, we are used to seeing gig economy especially when it comes to uh, marketing finance or hr but these departments like uh, like service like housekeeping kitchen they have a huge demand which because there was no bridge or there was no good way to contact these particular individuals that i had this function available on so and so day the traditionally hoteliers like us were doing it what your past employees that people have worked with us are usko phone mar isko phone mar see if that fellow is available nowadays chalo we'll make the whatsapp group but this was the old way but that is your limited pool you have 10x employees some employee has got job somewhere somebody has got so it's a very uh, inefficient process so definitely as the process gets better like uber and ola have got um, taxi people on one particular thing um, so so many websites are there like uh, freelancing people for marketing and stuff and all which has brought other freelancers on a platform definitely skilled workers uh, of our industry definitely can and cash their skills because there was no common platform where they could come they were restricted only to the hotel owners or the fnb managers or the chefs who they knew who contact them when any requirement comes up so definitely it's a huge opportunity which should be encashed and there's a big need because staffing is always under is like you're always short of staff in any given Dominic, Dominic, you're on mute. right or a one woman brand to be politically correct so uh, do you think people would find it easy to create their own brand not just nationally but internationally like you have done and uh, if it is difficult what are the uh, um, uh, areas that they should focus on uh, to make it easy what could they do um, how is the income revenue um, your take on that part for a nice, gig worker nice. going international and individually I got that question. Uh, hi, this is me, Varunamda. For all of you who uh, do not know me, uh, I understand it's very, very, very difficult to create yourself as a brand. See, I understand when you are working with a company or when you're creating a company, you have multiple people to assist you. You have multiple people to guide you. You have multiple people to fall back upon. But when you are working as a brand yourself, then a lot of people have to find the kind of faith. or have to trust you from the core of of the association now it's important to first understand what are the primary um pillars of a gig economy if i can just elaborate that and if i can just you know just four of these uh, terminologies or four of these words and it becomes very easy 
The first one is that it's a free market system, which is very important for us to understand. We can also associate freely and the others can associate freely with us. So that's one. Second, that it's a temporary positionary job, which is very important for all of us to understand because then you are not on a consistent payroll or you're not on a payroll, right? It's a temporary position that you hold. Your job is done. Your uh, financials are sorted. And that's about you and that person being associated. The third one is it's all about hiring independent workers. And fourthly, it's a short term commitment, which again is very important for all of us to understand. Now, when we think of all these things, it's a, it, it in a way is a win-win for all parties concerned. I remember when we were studying in college, we used to get this one list every evening, which is to ask for all of us to willingly put our names in that list. And that list used to be the waiting list. Now, that waiting is very different from the waiting list that the world understands. This is a waiting list as in a list of waiters who, who are, you know, I know Dominic is laughing already because he knows what I'm speaking about. So this is a list where students at will put their names as waiting staff for evening events. So that categorically would be a 7 to 12 or a 7 to 1 in the morning kind of an event where you wrap things up, you go back home, next morning or back to college. So this is like the classic gig in the hospitality world. Now, um, having said all of this, the work from home culture that has suddenly been trending all of 2020 is the classic case of gigger or a gig economy because there you're not bound by demographics. Now, in the reams of all these things, it's very difficult to create a brand image because that can only be created with consistency. Now, you can perform to the best of your ability in one of the gigs. Possibly in the second gig, you may not be able to give 100%. Or maybe in the third gig, you give 200% of your job. Now, there is constantly that phase where it could be either inconsistent or perfect. You know, there can never be a serious attestation to it, right? So that's one. Uh, also, I would like to add one thing here is it's not always about cutting costs, like how, you know, uh, we all talk about constantly. Gig economy is not about engaging with multiple people just because you want to cut costs or not just because you want to cut on your overheads. But some people are also very of, of a very different mind. They want to deliberately associate with different people at different points in time. The classic example of this is me. A brand wants to associate with me, wants me to be the face of their brand, wants me to talk about their brand for a certain period. Once our engagement is done, I move on to another brand, they move on to another chef. Right? Now, here what happens for possibly see the engagement if it's for a year. For that one year, they extract the best creative things from each other and then they move on. With a new mind coming in, with a new chef coming in, new ideas come in, new approaches come in, new set of engagements come in, new set of people come in. So that also is a very big variable. And I think that is where brands keep changing faces or keep changing endorsement deals. You know, so I think this is something which is very important for all of us to understand. Another thing, a report has just come out yesterday. I don't know if anybody has read it. It's a report by the Associated Chambers of Commerce and Industries of India, ASOCHAM. And this report says that the gig economy from three and a half million has risen up to 15 million in India. 
And this okay. is all through the pandemic. And I'll send you the report, Dominic, and you can send it to everybody who's uh, taken the time out to hear us today. I'll send that report to you. While US, I think it's 53 million, which is half of their population. India from three and a half, like uh, rightly uh, said earlier, has now increased to 15 million, which is a huge jump. It's almost five times, which means that we are on the right track of being possibly a country of gigs or gigas, if I can get it straight. Right. So uh, now an open question to the entire panel and uh, taking off from what Varun last said is that, uh, you know, it's a temporary assignment. There is no commitment. Um, I'm going to give it a little spin here. Is it, and I'm, I'm playing, uh, I won't say devil's advocate or even the angel in this game. I'm just saying, is it something like, you know, dating where there is no commitment from either side and as long as, as, long as it is working, you stay together. Uh, how does it sound there in that case? You know, uh, would you like to have, because in India, we, we are very, uh, you know, marriage committed and uh, long term and, you know, earlier it used to be the, the what, how do you call it, the uh, government jobs, then it became, you know, private, uh, private job uh, you need uh, today this gig. So how, how do you take, I mean, is any of you? What's your take on it? Go ahead. If Barun. I can jump in and uh, take the bullet, <laughs> uh, you know, the gig economy has played a big and serious role in Indian weddings. Uh, now, you know, traditionally, uh, you know, and Hina also rightly said that, you know, uh, our, our, uh, the older generation has always been keen on government jobs, jobs which are confirmed job where you know jobs where there is some level of um standard mutual funds they said you know stability you know so stability was a very big thing and you know when you talk about dating and things like that i'm, I'm sure that's also one of the aspects that needs to be looked into yeah because otherwise this is a country where marriages have always had have ha always happened keeping stability in mind. Government jobs, private jobs, this sector, that sector, doctor, hona chahiye, engineer. Hona chahiye. Now, suddenly when you say, oh, he's a musician, he's a jazz player, or he's a jazz uh, artist, or he's a chef, oh, he, he doesn't work with the Oberada Taj. He freelances. Oh, he works on the television. The next question, okay, I understand he works on the television, but what does he do? This sounds like this sounds like the interview in Shole with Masi and uh, Amitabh. <laughs> true, 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 true. So, uh, Vikram, uh, Vikram, uh, you mentioned about uh, I'm uh, taking a you know, slant here. You mentioned about you know the uh, you hiring a waiter, and Hina said maybe you can't do that. Uh, so, to both of you, let us say you do hire a waiter, you don't hire a waiter, uh, whatever. What about the waiter himself? Is there any growth path for him? Would he move to, let's say, being a captain, a manager? You know, how does he grow? Like you said, if you if the dating goes off well and you fall in love, you end up getting married. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so you're saying the company would offer him a full-time job then? Uh, if you don't fight while you're dating, then you get married. Nah? So, it's like that. So, okay, what if he doesn't want the commitment? What if he doesn't want to be married or she doesn't want to be married and would like to just be a gigger? Could they grow? Of course, there's nothing wrong in that. You can still be, I'll give an example. Uh, even though in a relatively, see, when uh, Varun said there is short duration, definition of short is, is very, uh, uh, is very, you know, relative. very relative, exactly. Or if you are one of the best pastry chefs and you're working in Oberoi, they contract you only for two or three years. 
okay and if you are some other cruise line chef and again very good in your job they take you for one year so i think they are also gig economy in some sense like varun said they are not permanent okay True. and i think this whole thing stems from people having a permanent job in terms of fear of redundancy and i think that most important thing that one needs to do is improve their skill set be up to date and the fear of redundancy should not be there you know everybody has this mindset i think i and you uh, dominic only once discussed uh, i think while we were writing uh, sales magic as the book or something i remember some reason i was discussing that people have this conception uh, i think it was with, with you only when we were talking about trainers and having an office and you know everybody thinks that oh, if, if the guy doesn't take a take a bag and go every morning at the same time at 9 o'clock to work right, right, that right. means he's jobless i think we only discussed <laughs> a long time ago so you know uh, family members have that feeling mothers fathers or wives have that feeling that if you oh, sorry i'm very being stereotypical wives have that feeling but anyway whatever there's a, <laughs> you know there's that uh, there's that feeling that if he doesn't go to job every morning get up at 9 o'clock you know 8:30 doesn't get ready 9 o'clock doesn't go to job doesn't come back at more or less the same time every day means he is jobless i think these are uh, traditional ideas which have we have been exposed to through so, through media as in through tv or old norms or because we have seen our parents work that way or our grandparents work that way and uh, that has got somewhat fixated in our mind i think the new the future is uh, and most of the european countries or america and that is the americas and europe and most of these economies uh, or even forget you in asia if you go where the population in most of these countries is very small they are used to working on a part time basis or on a non committed basis where it is assignment based or activity based they do that work like you give the example of the bai so it is not that this concept is new but yes to our industry it is new and overall to our economy definitely it is new certain pockets have been using it but traditionally especially for our parents having a so called stable job and a fixed income monthly um, is basically a fear of redundancy okay so what you are saying is that they would take a job a permanent job out of fear of redundancy uh, would it be also for a reason of security and uh, would the gig economy or a gigger working in this uh, would they be um, uh, how would i say insecure in their feeling or should they have reason to be insecure if yes uh, how could they avoid insecurity no not at all see i think today look at again i come back to the example i gave of uber or ola today uber ola keeps them busy the whole day so they don't have any fear of joining or being uh, not not being permanent anywhere they want basically people want to ensure that they earn a certain amount whether they okay. earn it from one company or from 10 but they want the ability or the fear should not be there that i will be sitting at home when i did when i want to work as long as there is work available for me people will be happy joining the uh, the so called gig economy or whatever basically people want to earn and a good platform to get them where whenever they decide to work they get work they'll do it look at ola look at uber uh, it's keeping whoever wants to be busy you decide to check out at night i've i've worked i want to work only 2 hours work 2 hours you want to work 8 hours you want to work 24 hours you work 24 hours. so whenever i decide to work whether it be a friday saturday sunday monday 3 in the morning 4 in the night whatever people should have the option available and then that fear will come out from their mind because they can be busy okay so i'm going also, to give a speak if i can yeah. add yeah yeah go ahead there, uh, considering you know i am from the kitchen space you know a lot of uh, functions in the kitchen or at events or you know since you have had a catering 
uh, background, you would also resonate with me when I say a lot of jobs in the kitchen, especially to do with events or festivals or, you know, things like these are all done by gigas. 70% of the talent that comes on board, whether it's a regional cook or a chef or a musician or a caterer, waiting staff, bartender, hosts, halwai, tandoorya, any specialized uh, cook, uh, whether it's a biryani cook or a Lucknowi cook or any regional cook for that matter. Most of these things, or even panwalas for that matter, right towards the end of an event, while you're exiting, you have this panwala traditionally. You know, all these are in a way gig workers because they are all there engaged for a, a particular time period. Very true. Right? In fact, I started as a, as a gig up uh, right since I was in college because the first job that I did as a part-time working student was of a dishwasher. So when I started working at a restaurant in Bandra, purely because of the fact, because they wanted to show me away. The only statement that they made was, dishwasher ka job hai, karna hai, to I said, haan karna hai. They thought I'll run away. But I did it up. I, I took it up. I did it for almost a year and a half. So much so as a that dishwasher. one of, as a dishwasher, almost for a year and a half. And somewhere in the middle of that year and a half, one of the team members had not turned up on that evening. And he was a fondue maker, one of the only few fondue restaurants in the in, in the city at that point in time. And I remember raising my hand and saying, Main kar sakta hai, mujhe aata hai. So they said, chal, chal, you're, you're on the pot wash. You can't be cooking. I said, hey, listen, I know how to cook. I can do it. So I went up to the range. I cooked that fondue and I served it to the owner. And he was so impressed that he actually called me out. And that's where, of course, I got a raise. I got a package. I, I got a little bit of a confirmation. Chalo, we are not going to throw you out. So, you know, when we're talking about security and insecurity and fear of redundancy and things like that, I, I, I think it's purely talent-based. Because if you have the skill set, if you have the talent, then why will anybody say a no to hiring you or rehiring you or redeputing you or keeping you in a position? I know so many of these gig workers who have who've become confirmed workers over the years. So that also works. Okay. Like I said, it's it's purely talent-based, skill-based. And it's also about, about that will. Because eventually, whether you want to work as a gig worker or you want to work as a confirmed staff, it's your will. It's about what you discuss with your boss sitting across the table. True. So Hina on this, uh, you know, I think Hina's been here. Hina's been trying yeah. to come in. Huh? Sorry. I was just about to bring her in. Uh, Hina, you are in Sri Lanka. You all are white labeling hotels and uh, the, uh, would you consider hiring a gig worker and, or are you already hiring gig workers? Uh, what is their, uh, their future in it? And uh, would they be able to sustain their family or their uh, profile? So adding on to what both uh, Vikram and Varun have shared, I think there's, a, there's an important aspect. Your initial question was, does a gig worker feel he or she can grow in life? And what, okay. what are the tools that's available? Now, let me just go back there and then tie it in into what we do here. One aspect people, gig workers need to realize is if you want to grow, you need to parallelly educate yourself. Now, when you talk about being a gig worker, if you look at all, or if you look at 70% of the gig jobs, they are at a ground base. So you'll have cab drivers, you'll have, uh, you know, uh, the cooks who are doing at the working at the base level, the waiters. We are asking people or people who are doing the gig jobs are people who have started from ground up. 
is there a route that is designed for them today to work together or train them and help them climb the ladder up? No, there isn't. Vis-a-vis, -vis, if you work at a hotel, a branded hotel, you start off as a waiter, there is a program, there's a corporate training program, there's a management training program, there are lots of available options where the company is investing in teaching you something. Is there something parallelly available for gig economy in any strata of work today? No, there isn't. So until you decide to educate yourself and enroll yourself into learning and moving to the next step, growth in gig economy as a base level worker to climbing up the rung would be slower than traditional work. Coming to your question, how does it operate outside of the country? And there are a lot of cultural differences. We also need to understand India is a country of 1.2 billion people out of which 500 million are available as, as a supply chain for various kinds of jobs in the market. Sri Lanka on its own has got less than 25 million as a whole country, as a whole island's population. So when you compare the two, uh, gig jobs here are taken, regular jobs here are taken purely at will. In India, if you choose not to show up at your work or if you choose to you know, have poor performance, I will have 10 people waiting in queue to replace you. In countries that have smaller population strengths in general, that isn't the case. So to answer your question, whether gig economy works very openly here, it's not very easy. If you're thinking that you know, in a population of 20, less than 25 million for the whole country, their strength, their, the strength that can provide the labor force would be between 70%, 65 to 70%. Now that is also staggered over different ages. So does somebody want to show up as a waiter? Yes, people want to show up as a waiter. Will they show up? Definitely when you ask them to, there is no guarantee. So in economies where the populations are less, especially in Sri Lanka, it is safer and more reliable to have somebody at a, on your payroll for jobs that need consistency. Now, we don't have, we, you know, we outsource things like human resource. We outsource things like accounts. We outsource things like uh, revenue management, marketing, digital marketing. Why? Because these are things that can be coordinated by somebody sitting in any part of the world. You could be in Netherlands, you could be in Switzerland, you could be in Australia, any part of the world, and you can coordinate all of these jobs. But ground level jobs, it's difficult. It's a lot easier in India. I've worked for several years in India across different organizations, different hotel organizations, different luxury, you know, I've worked with luxury brands and a whole lot of other portfolios. The very advantage that we are a population of 1.2 billion to uh, we have an innate, we are taught from childhood, the benchmark as, as a child you're given. I remember I was given a benchmark as a child. Uh, you should be a doctor. Uh, is there a reason that I have to be a doctor? No, there isn't bloody any reason that I don't have to be a doctor. <laughs> Was there a choice? You could be a waiter, you could be a hostess. Did anybody tell me, oh, you could go stand on the mandir and you know dance and get some money? Nobody gave me that choice. So we benchmark 
our children by telling them your choice is being a doctor, being an engineer, being a techie, you know, going and ruling the world. Yes, top 25 CEOs of global corporations are Indians. I'm bloody proud of it. But that's because we are told that, listen, your, your options are starting from rung nine of the ladder, not from ground level. <laughs> and the gig jobs are at the ground level. So the variance in getting from rung one, you know, the ground rung, until the ninth rung, where our parents or our families put the expectation bubble on us, it's not something that you see outside. In India, it's a lot easier to get people to do things. People are available. It's not the same with uh, countries outside for various other reasons. So it's a very culturally dependent and mindset dependent uh, economy outside mm. of Got it. So what we're saying is that uh, in countries like India where the population is high, the geek culture would be more prominent in ground level jobs. Yes. And uh, in the, uh, let's say, the developed countries or where their population is a lot lower, like uh, you would then, uh, you know, keep the ground level people uh, permanent and uh, move the higher level jobs out, which could come then to India. Uh, it's time now to take some questions from the, um, the participants, the attendees. And we've got one from Rahul Chawla. Do the panel members think really think a gig worker can sustain himself or herself with the income generated from gig work? Is there enough demand for gig work? I'm sure he's speaking in the Indian context, but let's keep it open to international also. So any of you could take it and uh, requesting if we can keep them short because then, uh, there's another question after that also, and I'm sure more will come. I'll go ahead. I, I, I think, yes, definitely there is, they can sustain themselves. I think Hina made a very, very good point. Uh, one is to understand that, yes, you need to be a little bit more independent-minded and you need to be a little bit self-motivated compared to when you're an employee. So you need to, um, you know, train yourself, upgrade your skills. That aspect definitely you need to uh, do on your own because being a, uh, being a uh, you know, being a gig worker, uh, there may not be that much responsibility towards you from the company perspective, which you'll have to work harder for. You know, to gain that acceptance. So that's a very good point. Obviously, so you're saying um, that the onus yes. of training, the onus of being trained or getting upgraded, is on the gig worker, no longer on the company. I, I'm not. I'm not saying about. Um, I wouldn't say upgrading or training. I would say the onus of the skill, whether that's upgrading, downgrading, lateral grading, uh, <laughs> is, is really depends on the job job skill you're in. Uh, if you're, uh, if for example, you're very good, you're an accounts guy. Then, um, and you know, certain things that you, if you don't know Excel, you know, tally, but you don't know Excel. Now, is that an upgrade or is that a downgrade? I really don't know. But you need to do what allows what you is to required? be more employable. Definitely. Yeah, what is required? So your skill definitely, skill level needs to improve. So your answer is yes, a person could earn from the gig economy. And yes, there is work for a gig a gigger. I fully agree, okay. yes. Okay. And again, I give, go back to my example of, uh, of Ola and Uber. True. So uh, this one's from Mark. Is there scope for gig jobs in hotels for untrained 50 plus people? So would a 50 plus person get a job if he is untrained in the hospitality segment? And I can see Vikram smiling, uh, but Hina yeah, wants to take, take that. It, but I, so I think, yeah, I think Hina would like to take it. Go ahead. No, Hina, let's hear your take. Uh, 
Okay, I'm going to be very straightforward. And uh, you said it was Mark. Untrained, right. Mark. Mark, uh, at this point, my answer to your question is an absolute uh, no, simply because uh, pandemic has changed a lot for everybody. At the moment, there is young, skilled, technically trained, environmentally trained labor out in the market who's waiting for places to open up. So unless there is some, unless there's a portfolio, uh, you know, that requires something like a CSR, something which is non-technical. In a non-technical role, there's a possibility, you know, a CSR department or something that has uh, no technical skills required. But otherwise it would be difficult in the current situation with the offset of the pandemic that happened. Vikram, what do you think? I, I, I feel there's a lot of potential for people. In fact, please send me your CV. I'll give you a job right away. Because <laughs> I think there's so many roles. Uh, you know, in our cloud kitchen, we had somebody who's, re who's been retired for the last five years. He was, uh, he was a steward in, in, uh, in, in uh, so I don't know when, but he's untrained. He, and we made him a cashier in one of our cloud kitchens because he could read, he can write. He just has to stand at the counter the whole day. And uh, fire and order. I mean, he can read and write. What else do you want? That's a skill. We take for granted many skills. If, if you can read and write in English, okay. That is a uh, skill. And you can touch. Yeah, and you can use your <laughs> mobile phone, which is basically what the point of sale is. Uh, you just have to punch the order. The order comes from, from, from the online platform. You fire the order and you have to put it and wrap it in a, in, a, in a brown bag. It's not a very complicated job. But yes, you have integrity. That's a skill which we cannot give you. He was, he had integrity of so many years and so he got employed. So that is also a skill. Uh, your ability to read, write, excel, you don't take for granted that you're not trained. Maybe you're trained. So there are many, we have one role um, in banquets again done by somebody who's very old and his only job is to stay till uh, two in the morning. That's also a skill. True. Because, very... <laughs> because he has... <laughs> what Vikram is saying, uh... And having said that, I don't deny the fact that, uh, you know, Hina has said whatever she has said, but there are a lot of roles in, in, in the parlance of a hotel functioning, uh, which, which can be done by anybody who's unskilled. Yeah. What, what is the skill of a doorman? No, there's no unskilling. I'm, I'm arguing on that only. There is no unskilling. There is no, there's no unskilled any skill. Absolutely. All you have to do is wish, greet, smile, open the door. And I don't think, and I think that's the biggest skill there. And anybody who's married is used to smiling, greeting, and uh, keeping people happy. Vikram, I have to play safe. See, no, even if there is an right usher side. at a restaurant, Actually, a job of an usher at a restaurant. Agreed. Is all... Any non-technical uh, skill, it'll be easier to get. But technical Absolutely. Skill... Absolutely. And see, even if somebody like that, and Vikram very rightly said, with full integrity comes and asks for a role in the kitchen, there are a lot of roles in the kitchen that, that really do not require skill sets. So with, with a little bit of brushing here and there, with a little bit of hand-holding, three, four days in the kitchen and the person will even start making pasta bolognese here. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to combine I'm two questions. <laughs> I'm going to combine two questions and put it to Varun because he's, he's, in, he's actually a gigger, I would say. So Varun, is there a fixed fee per hour? Although this question was for Vikram, so I'm putting it to you. Is there a fixed fee per hour for a gig for in the gig economy? One and second is how do you ensure you get paid? 
because there is no um, maybe there's no written contract etc and i'm sure you've dealt with people who are uh, maybe tardy with their payment or denying your payment so uh, uh, see, you I'll, i'll make it very easy uh, the chances of being cheated are the highest and uh, there's nothing that you can really do about it unless what i started doing a few years back is i take my money's 100% in advance okay having said that i am also engaged for 250 days in a year so for me that becomes mandatory more than anything else because i don't have the time uh, patience and uh, skill to keep following up with every event that has already wrapped up because what happens in the event space people are constantly working people are constantly moving from one event to another one function to another true now if i am engaging myself with dominic and tomorrow if i'm working with vikram and day after if i'm working with hina the whole point is the 45 day credit period really doesn't work with me because dominic may forget me after 45 days so may vikram and so may hina and suddenly they may say acha that event acha ha ha right 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 oh i did 40 events between that event and your uh, payment day yeah? so for me it's very simple boss i charge 100% in advance because that really puts me at ease that keeps me at bay okay so that's so, that's something uh, that just I just one thing that i would like to i'd like to add here is on the app that we have created collaborate app we are going to be helping out both the gigger as well as the organization hiring them because there is going to be a record of the agreement made between them on the uh, fees and both sides get to rate each other so if for example i work for varun and varun doesn't pay me on time i'm going to give him a bad rating which is going to affect the other giggers who are joining him at the same time if i take up a job from varun and i don't do it properly varun is going to be giving me a bad rating which is going to affect my branding and my possibility of getting a gig job going forward but uh, dominic when when you say that let me also add to it a lot of people give you bad ratings also just for the sake of it just Very because true. they but want then, to kind of spoil your credentials in the market correct so then and the somato is the biggest portal that i i may say where there is no redressal forum now suppose true. and and vikram I, I will resonate when i say this if i order from uh, from uh, one of the restaurants of vikrams and i don't like the food or i don't like the chef or i don't like the steward i can just go up to zomato and write a, uh, write the most ridiculous review very true and there is no redressal forum because zomato will not pull it down but that brings your rating down from 5 to 4 and from 4 to 1 so what we have done in this rating system by the way varun is uh, we uh, we are also going to allow people to see which organization has rated which steward at what level and we are also going to allow the steward to see which people have rated them so for example if i work for vikram and his uh, let's say his particular department is treating people badly that segment will get lower rating so you know you have to identify where the problem is for both the organization to clean up their act and for the gig worker i'd like to move on because of time and uh, there's a question from uh, bhuvan gujjar and uh, i i'd like it jervis uh, uh, could you unmute him and let him ask the question because i want the tone also to come into the uh, uh, mr bhuvan would you like to speak up go ahead uh, you can unmute your mic yeah go ahead yeah my question uh, is to any of the panelists uh is hospital graduate you know ideally completes this course at age of 21 and uh, he has a very different uh, career aspiration compared to his the uh, previous generation one of the very strong thing that comes out from these graduates is that uh, they have a very strong passion to pursue their dreams 
along with that they want a very great work life balance and lot of self time and uh, at the same time uh, they have a very very high aspirations in terms of uh, achieving achievement the goals are very high so in this context uh, what is the right age for them to become a gig uh, you know take up the gig employment in my opinion 12 years old uh bhuvan <laughs> sorry what's that i missed start, it in his opinion it's 12 start years start when they 12 years old <laughs> start early the gig economy for 12 is 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 booming now look at all the multi millionaire 12 year olds we have yeah? <laughs> no i mean I, if i get the tone of bhuvan's question i think he's very specifically relating that at a certain age bandwidth in your life you need to stabilize and have you know like a growth career span like a peaking career span bhuvan is that right is that what you're asking exactly uh, because it also has to match with their career aspirations okay so very quickly you know like vikram said you can start at 12 and you can end up being you know and you can probably retire at 30 that's one option uh but in case if you've not if you are currently not in that bracket uh the early on working for somebody else or working for another company is not a bad culture what it does it does is it pretty much cultivates and teaches you it gives you the foundation and the training to grow to a particular point in life and it gives you experiences that you might not have in a traditional gig life where you're not associating with peers and colleagues and bosses and you know uh, projects and things like that if you are already in the age bracket the reason i took this question is because i i am in an age bracket where i've had a substantial career working for somebody else making somebody else quite a few others rich and then decided uh, you know hell i'm really good at this why am i doing it for someone else why not for myself and you know all i did was you know like you have those selfie cameras i was taking somebody else's picture and i said that's it i'm swapping the swapping the camera and going to make it look at me so there is no particular age group i started at an age when uh, everybody or a large part of my friend circle and people who know me my colleagues uh, they kind of discouraged in a certain way saying you're making a mistake if you don't crack it now you're going to lose everything that you worked for for the last 20 years uh that's untrue that's untrue the experience i gained in the last 20 years actually became the foundation at the backbone for making good the wisdom that came through in those last 20 years was the backbone in making this turn around so uh, if you're if you have the right experience 35 to 40 is a good time for you to to try out set yourself a goal set yourself a timeline goal whether it's 18 to 24 to 24 months usually is a reasonable time in this age bracket to understand whether you a enjoy it first it's not easy you know we make it sound like gig is oh you can just do it like this it's not you know in a gig economy the buck stops at you you can't point you know you can't say ki boss ye karega you can't go and complain to somebody else there's no hr to listen to your grievance you do everything on your own so i okay, so we've got uh, we've got two sides of the discussion one is vikram who says at 12 and uh, heena who says 35 just to uh, let you know bhuvan is the principal of um, 
APJ Institute of Hotel Management and a very good friend of mine. Uh, he's talking from the perspective of all his kids out there are probably, you know, jumping at the geek uh, concept. And uh, I know for a fact that he's writing an article which should be out shortly on the gig economy. So he may end up quoting you all also. Anyway, we, uh, we are running out of time, but there was a hand up for Roshan Tascano. I think I know him, but I'm not sure. Uh, if he still wants to ask his question, because I think that's the last question we'll take. Jervis, just unmute Roshan. Uh, Roshan, would you like to speak up? Jervis, have you got him? Yeah, Roshan, go ahead and ask your question. You need to unmute yourself. Yeah, go ahead. I'm audible? Yes. Yeah. Hi, Dominic. Uh, Roshan here. You must be knowing me from the Azure. Yes, exactly. I was wondering about this. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh, go I ahead. Have a, uh, presently, I'm working as a supply chain head in a reputed organization. My question is, can we become a gig worker while doing our current job? Is that is that the correct or it's is that the ethically? Okay, so Roshan is in supply chain. He's a veteran in supply chain, I would say, and uh, he's asking if he should be um, uh, exploring it while in his current job. Is it ethically right, uh, morally right, uh, or yes. Uh, yes. morally defensible? So uh, I'll let one of you take it, and then we'll close the uh, discussion. Uh, I see Varun's hand up. Let's. Dominic, yeah, go ahead. Varun, as go long ahead. as one is not in conflict with their current job role, current profile, uh, in conflict with the same brand, the same kind of uh, space, I think you are at will to do anything. Yeah, you you can work as a musician after your work hours. Who's stopping you? As okay. long as you're not buying the similar brands for a, another com competing company as a purchase manager, you can do anything. You can work as a part-time chef. You can work as a musician. You can work as a driver. You could double up as a finance guy or a CA. You're at will to do whatever you want to do. Yeah? Okay. So I'll just add there, Roshan, you'd need permission from your organization to be on the right side of the track. And like uh, Chef said that as long as you're not in conflict of interest, which they would check out. Okay. Let's do one thing. Uh, unmute Siddharth also. Uh, uh, Jervis. We'll just push our luck with the time. Uh, Jervis, unmute Siddharth. Yeah, go ahead, Siddharth. You would need to unmute yourself now. He's allowed you to. And Jervis, keep Sufiya Neil on standby also. We'll take his question also. Uh, Siddharth, unmute yourself. No luck with the technologies. What about Sufi? Sufiana Lee. Any one of them, if you can unmute and uh, whoever speaks up first, we take it. Sayyad. You'll need to unmute yourselves on your... Yes, go ahead, Sufian. Good evening, sir. Sir, my question to you and the panelists is uh, how much the app would charge? Oh, okay. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so uh, see the uh, the app for an organization per address when they're onboarding is 4,750 for the whole year, which is about 400 rupees per month. And for a liberated associate, we're calling the gig workers uh, a liberated associate, it's only 250 per year. Uh, it comes with a lot of features and uh, facilities and I'll be very transparent here. Uh, 
we are having a little resistance even despite this small amount and i would like to say that uh, we are not going to be marketing your data we are not going to be compromising your uh, data that you share with us and that is why you're better off paying us this small fee uh, the app is in the beta stage where we are only inviting people who are uh, how would i call it uh, we are only inviting people we know we are not putting it on the google play store uh, the beta version means it's in internal circulation we should be ready to go alpha by alpha as in the main app uh, we should be ready within say about 3 and a half to 4 months uh the app is really state of the art if i should say so myself in terms of uh, you are allowed to communicate with each other there's an option for bidding and offers uh, uh, you can check out each other's cvs you can check out the organization cv the organization can check out your cv uh, we will be building in features where they can pay you directly and we are not taking any commissions we are not going to be in between you deal directly with each other and uh, one more feature of the app besides the rating system is we are going to be allowing a barter so for example if there's a resort it could offer you a payment part of your payment as a, a holiday or if you're dealing with a restaurant they could offer you part of your payment as a, a meal for two or whatever which you could offer to your family uh, i hope that answers your question we'll take the last question and if siddhartha is off mute we'll take his question thank you sufian i think we're still not having luck with siddhartha uh, okay no uh siddharth you need to unmute your microphone on your own device no luck there you've got a couple of questions on the chat box also but i don't think we have time for that i'd like to stick to the time um so there's something about uh, story behind vitalwada please and if you can send us your uh, this we'll send you that is there any way to ensure that i will get paid we yeah we've done that okay so now closing statement um, i'd like one of the panelists to do a sort of a summary of the entire uh, gig uh, this and uh, you know like in 2 minutes and uh, then we'll close or let's let's do all the I, panelists I think anyone i'm yeah, still here yeah. i'm just uh, yeah just get the video yeah. off so let's let's uh, get uh, everyone uh, all three panelists view on the gig uh, this in about a minute or two and uh, then i'll do my closing so we'll start with varun varun could you give me your uh, closing uh, statement like i said or... uh, even earlier uh, you know in fact i would not like to sum it i would just like to add one little tangential thing to it uh, which is uh, the gig performances of today's times which is also very fondly known as quid quo pro now quid quo pro is something that we really don't give too much of attention to or we do, do not really give so much of importance to but in today's time that's where most of the world revolves around and that is about a favor or an advantage that has been granted in return for something that you do for example uh, staycation was something that was trending on social media you know all of 2019 what is a staycation staycation is a form, form of a gig because the celebrity is been invited for a weekend or an extended weekend and in turn they do a lot of social media postings they do a lot of social media promotions <laughs> now that is gig marketing so you know something like this should also you know this also kind of entails uh, the gig economy because uh, that's also something that's very important because it's not about paying a celebrity always it's also about the barter that you were rightly speaking about dominic thanks varun um hina uh, i think i'm just going to sum it up with the way forward that should be for gig economy to sustain we need to have some kind of a social security net 
gigas at the moment are uh, pretty much like orphans running around like headless chickens they are enjoying it because you know uh, they have the time and the space but we if we need this economy to work then it needs to have structure there needs to be some kind of a benefit fund on lines of a providence there needs to be a social security net that comes in if you're going to be a giga you need to understand that uh, you know when you there's a retirement age so called you need to build that retirement surplus for your old age and that's not going to happen with an unstructured environment so until the reforms come in it will be difficult to sustain this as a parallel economy okay got that and uh, vikram you have the last word thank you i think it's a, i'm going to sum it up by saying it's a great time to be a part of the economy as a whole especially the gig economy there's a huge opportunity and potential especially when it comes to hospitality because more than ever hotels have moved out from their own rigid mindset which they were rigid for so many years today they are more open than anybody to work with gig workers whereas you know traditionally uh, all the hotels were uh, of a fixated mind on so many things today hotels restaurants all of them are open minded which is a huge opportunity for all kinds of gig workers right from musicians uh, food festival related chefs uh, cuisine related experts uh, service personnel like uh, we talking about um, you know the cashier and all which i was telling you today if you're on 31st night and for that one day you need you know you are expecting a surge of orders because of curfew so you don't want a permanent cashier maybe you want somebody just for that one day or two day so this is a huge opportunity which i think everybody can in cash and knowing that few college professors are also there on this we must encourage students to change their mindset where at a young age they should also not feel that oh i should only get into this management trainee program and that management trainee program why can't they be experts at something today varun is a good example why can't they be experts at something whether it be kitchen even it could be a steward today a flair bartender is in great demand for only one or two parties or for a wedding which is again a kind of gig economy he is not a steward he is a specialist he is a flair bartender or a great mixologist or a great cocktail uh, specialist and it's a opportunity for students and people to really pursue their dreams because they may not be a permanent demand for a lab fab bartender unless he's working in a night club but today he can go for weddings he can go for banquets he can go in somebody's house party you know he can do uh, private waiting as varun was referring to the uh, waitings earlier so it's a huge opportunity and i think that everybody should encash this uh, and it's great to know that dominic you're making these kind of platforms and you know giving a platform for hoteliers and hotel staff hospitality professionals to connect thanks vikram thanks sina and thanks varun uh, very very nice session i particularly like the session because there were conflicting opinions you know it's not all yeah really it's not all you know hunky dory and rosy picture like hina pointed out that there is the question of social security there is a question of fall back there is a question of whether they can you know sustain themselves but like i said at the start hina and uh, all my attendees that uh, the pros and the cons of the gig economy and the gig culture we can debate from now till eternity but one fact that will not change is that it is here to stay it is just like i said the internet uh, we can say you know it spoiled our culture it's created problems people are uh, having sleepless nights it disturbs us 
but it is a reality we have the other side of it where we can connect the way we are doing today during the pandemic although we said social distancing actually it was not social distancing we were in touch socially right and thanks to the internet so the same way the gig economy and the gig culture does have its drawbacks but uh, we have to take it with a pinch of salt right you, you we have to find out how to move forward and personally i tell you i love the gig economy and the gig culture and i will uh, summarize it uh, summarize it this way i tell my uh, students or the people who come to me for counseling or coaching or in my training programs that look at the tiger in the jungle and look at the tiger in the zoo the tiger in the zoo is fed on time he got his social security he's got his medical benefits but he has no freedom and he has one nasty sign on the cage one nasty sign that says don't tease the animals and to me that is a nasty sign you're talking about a tiger and you're saying don't tease him man in the jungle you can't tease a baboon or a monkey and here <laughs> is a tiger where you are saying that don't tease him now what we have done to ourselves is as a race is walked into the cage we have we were born free we walked into the cage and told the zookeeper please close the gate and feed me on time and look after me bullshit go out there live like that tiger that is free not the circus tiger either that you know the performance linked incentives jump at the end of it you get fed no go out there in the jungle do your uh, your uh, i mean just live your life i've seen a video heena i've got to send that one to you of a tiger jump tigress jumping 12 feet into the air over an elephant and attacking the mahout on that elephant all because the mahout and the elephant had entered her territory it was a split second video and it's a video that must be, has gone you know viral she didn't do it to be fed at the end of it she just told that mahout boss you are entering my territory stay out now the tiger in the jungle lives for a shorter time but it lives it lives the tiger in the zoo lives for a longer time but does it live to me gig workers are people who are walking into the jungle feeding themselves saying listen there is a jungle out there i'm going to feed myself on that note i'd like to sign out god bless keep rocking and roaring thank you everyone thank you thank you so much thanks everyone bye bye thank you varun thank you thanks thanks vikram thanks anna thank you thanks dominic bye take care